welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is located on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumseh-Lipstay territory within the unceded traditional lands of Sequim Ulu. And Joe, mm-hmm. I have to confess something to you. Okay. I did not do a territorial acknowledgement for this episode because okay. I know that this is set in California generically, but like <laughs> just all of California. There's a lot of places in California, a lot of traditional territories, and um also like I don't think we could pretend that place is super important to the narrative. <laughs> of this film no and folks we are talking about 2009's 17 again hey mike i can tell you're down but you're looking at scarlet kicking you out of the house hey that's my stuff and the kids want nothing to do with you as a negative can you just turn down the music i guess mostly negative isn't it really had no upside for that mike o'donnell is at an age when life seems to have passed him by. Bet you wish you had it to do all over again. You got that right. But in one extraordinary moment... Hey! Get off of there! He'll get to turn back the clock... Ah! and be 17... all over again. Freaking me out. Freaking me out. I'm pubescent. This is my chance to have my life over, but to do it right. I'm going back to high school, man. Don't even think about sucking me into it with you. I'm here to enroll my son. Sup? What is this you're wearing? This is hip. <laughs> What'd you do, mug K-Fed? <laughs> what are you wearing? You look like Clay Aiken. Now, Why is the new kid waving at me? He's back in class. What are you eating? I don't even know. I just know I'm hungry. All the time. And he's back in the game. Hey, Mom. This is Mark. Wow. You look just like my husband. So weird. He's weird. Maggie has a boyfriend? Why are you dating him? He's bullying your little brother. Who do you think you are, my father? He's got one last shot. It's not about me. It's about helping Alex and Maggie. To get things right. One. No, it's pretty even. Really? On YouTube, it looked like you were getting your butt kicked. When you're young, everything feels like the end of the world. But it's not. It's just the beginning. Zach Efron. I made the basketball team. Me too. You did great out there. Oh, Mark, that's super inappropriate. Nice. 17 again. Joe? Yes? Okay, so you texted me and you said, this movie is super bad. And I wrote back and I was like, but I love it. (laughs) And then you never texted me again for the rest of the weekend. This and is I was, true. I was nervous about coming to chat with you about it today until I saw your Instagram where you had posted a still from the film. And mm-hmm. like everybody in your comments is like, I love this film so much. All right. So full <laughs> confession, I'm going to do a, a quick summation of my thoughts and then we'll go into the, the who and what behind mm-hmm. the scenes for the film. 
yeah this film had a very rocky start for me <laughs> and there's a couple of components that have not aged well which oh, is yeah. to be expected from a film from 2009 i will confess it got there in the end i did end up really enjoying the relationship between mike and his wife less so the creepy stuff with his daughter which i feel is just super artificially hollywood comedy stuff mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think 17 again is a perfectly sweet film i would not have watched this if you had not made me do it for the show yes and the reason i made you do it is because i was sad that matthew perry died mm-hmm. <laughs> and um i do like him in this role he's not yeah. he's not in the film particularly much in it, yeah <laughs> but the thing that i like about this movie and we'll give context in a second but the thing that i like about this movie is that it is basically like Zac Efron doing an hour and a half tribute to Matthew Perry's acting tics. Mm -hmm. And I I find that very charming. I don't know. I like it. (laughs) You know what? That is a perfectly reasonable interpretation of this. And full confession, I have never had a problem with Zac Efron. Not Mm. only has he always been super cute and now he has matured into a very good actor. I think even when you watch something like 17 again, which is ultra cheese and super fluffy and barely has you know a single thought in its cute little head (laughs) this is a highly enjoyable film because he is so winsome in this role he is and and it's interesting the first time i saw it i remember being annoyed that matthew perry isn't in it more because i was a matthew perry girly and like definitely had the elder millennial crush on chandler that makes us all funny but also like antisocial um mm-hmm. so i well the first time i watched it i was like oh it's too much thing but when i watched it this time i was actually really quite impressed with the choices that efron makes that evokes that adult version of himself like hmm. they don't look anything alike but there no. are like these mannerisms which are clearly like their Chandler affectations that happen mm-hmm. throughout the film that I found like, yeah, I was just surprised by how much I noticed it this time through and how well it worked for me. Okay. Okay. Well, hold that thought. I'm going to walk us quickly through this. So 17 again is directed by Burr Steers. Your fun fact is that he is the nephew of Gore Vidal. I okay. read that this morning. I was like, no guy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and this is written by Jason Filardi. It has a budget of $40 million, which is shocking to me because there is nothing in this movie that should cost $40 million. It just reminded me of when these movies reliably made money, right? Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. This movie killed in its opening weekend. It hit the marks it was supposed to hit. And like, mm-hmm. it's just a movie about people with no CGI and all the money clearly went on salaries. And I just like, what a time to be alive that must have been. Uh-huh. Yeah. The salaries <laughs> and Thomas Lennon's palatial pad <laughs> and all of the weird stuff in there. But yeah, yeah. mostly I think Matthew Perry and Zac Efron. Salary. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, this gross is nearly $140 million. So this is huge, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends, Joshua Tonks, who is very active in the kind of teen beat, big fan of Britney, all the divas and so on, but also Zac Efron. He was quick to remind me when I... Uh, came down a little bit on the film he said this is zach efron's huge breakout role like this basically confirms that he can open a movie that doesn't have high school musical in the title 
Well, and it bridges that character, right? Because it's oh funny, you would never imagine Zac Efron playing a basketball player now, right? Like, he's and doing so... a full-on dance move with the cheerleaders at the opening of this film. It's wild. Yes. But you can you can totally see the bridge into more sort of emotionally complex roles, as yes. fluffy as this one is from something like High School Musical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a very savvy stepping stone for him because it is a full-on lead man performance, but he doesn't have to share the screen with a female starlet. So basically, I love Leslie Mann, Judd mm-hmm. Apatow's wife. She's always amazing. But she's not exactly pulling focus from his star power. Like, this is a film driven entirely by Efron. Thousand percent, yep. Yeah. Okay, so as we said, we've got Matthew Perry and Zac Efron pulling the dual role thing as Mike O'Donnell. And then we have Leslie Mann as his wife Scarlett. Allison Miller plays young Scarlett with some kind of fake bump it or whatever going on. something happening there, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I lived through this period, and that hair does not look like 1989 to me, but okay. (laughs) It's an interesting period piece at the beginning, actually. We're never going to get through this cast list, Joe. But we're going to finish the cast list as the episode's ending. But Uh I do think there's something very interesting about the periodicity of that beginning segment, because Uh they're like calling out to 1989, things like the cheerleader uniforms, which, P.S., gosh, I miss that era of cheerleader uniforms. They look great. They look great. They look so good. But it (laughs) is... is very 80s um the music obviously Mm -hmm. but nothing feels like a costume right yeah in fact (laughs) it's more much more costumey when when zach efron's version of this character in the present day is trying to be 2009 to hilarious results (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it does feel removed from especially place as you noted earlier Mm -hmm. but also time like you could have told me that this was made any time in the 2000s and Mm -hmm. i would have believed you 100 percent. okay we have thomas lennon as ned gold this is mike's best friend tyler steelman plays him as young ned I'm not going to lie, this was a big hurdle for me. I know that Lennon has his fans. I find him incredibly grating. <laughs> and I get it. Like, that's kind of the point. Yeah. He's this classic nerd trope, which I hate when Hollywood films do. You know, oh, of course he's going to. He literally sleeps in a pod racer. Like, he literally sleeps in a pod racer. Yeah. He sleeps in a pod racer. He speaks Elvish. You know, it's it's patently ridiculous. Obviously, there are people who are like this. It just, it feels like such a Hollywood construction. And then mm-hmm. Lennon is playing this character so big and so, it's not even socially awkward. It's a caricature. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just, it did not work for me. As soon as he ends up interacting more with Melora Hardin as the principal Jane Masterson, who I love this actress. Mm-hmm. She's great in everything she shows up in. The character does even out a little bit, but yeah. he is so fake in about the first half of this film. It nearly cost me all of my enjoyment. I think part of the reason why it doesn't work is because this is one of the few movies set in a high school where we don't have a big personality teacher, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Even the spirit guide janitor is not like a big character. So to have this character come in, um, pull focus the way he does, not always to good effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you point out to a a version of the Hollywood nerd that we've sort of moved past in the last, you know, 15 years. Yeah, it doesn't 100% work. 
Yeah, whereas a lot of the stuff with Mike's efforts to get to know his son and teenage daughter better. So we have Sterling Knight as Alex, his son, who we discover is actually really good at basketball, but he is very shy. He's withdrawn. He's being bullied very severely by Stan, who is played by Hunter Parrish. And of course, Stan is also the bad boy boyfriend Mm -hmm. of Mike's daughter, Maggie, played by Michelle Trachtenberg. Mm -hmm. who is great i think in this role she is great but i feel like the movie forgets her storyline at the end of the film like (laughs) as soon as we do the haha incest jokes which (laughs) i don't enjoy at all that was the thing i did not like in the back half of the film fair it's like the film forgets about her as a character because we need to get mike back together with scarlet Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the the romance between those two characters is central. And it's also interesting because it's almost like the film doesn't know how to have two uh, teenagers in love. And it's Mm-mm. so busy having Zac Efron being in love with Leslie Mann and Leslie Mann being confused. <laughs> yes. that it doesn't know how to play the rest of those stories. It's such a weird line to tiptoe around, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations about the discomfort of these May-December romances that YA tends to have, right? It's usually a student and a teacher, and we're constantly being fed this narrative that it's, ooh, it's a salacious secret love affair, but we're meant to find it hot. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the film negotiates that really carefully. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but this worked really well for me because maybe because it's not a teacher it's actually just an adult and she seems so confused throughout the entire film and even you know Leslie Mann's reactions oversize as they are whenever Zac Efron tries to make a move or he does something romantic and Mm -hmm. she's just like you're my son's friend (laughs) yeah I love there's one moment when Alex says to him do you do this with all your friends moms and he's like uh yes yes I do yes I Um, do yeah (laughs) there's something I think really useful about Scarlett's character being as vulnerable as she is like at Mm -hmm. no point is Scarlett in a position of power or authority and also just by virtue of the fact that she's a parent not a teacher but also she's fallen apart with the end of her marriage and so we don't have a situation where like you ever think that she's going to do anything inappropriate because she is Mm -hmm. so off balance and it's really a difficult thread to pull believably because obviously she knows what mike looked like when he was a teenager yeah because they got together then and so there's constantly this thing of like why does nobody else realize how much he looks like my Mm ex-husband mm-hmm yeah, it it makes sense that she doesn't really have friends from high school. You know, she has a friend in Nicole Sullivan, who you can timestamp this film as being from the 2000s, because we're still seeing people from Mad TV getting yeah. big supporting roles in comedies before they all just disappear. Um, It's Naomi. Um, I don't care. I, that was a <laughs> recurring bit that killed me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Efron's comic delivery. He's very good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge fan of his work in things like Neighbors. 
I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, I have not. He's a frat guy who moves in next to a couple played by Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. And he tries to start up a fraternity, or he is in a fraternity, I can't recall. And it's basically this war that escalates between their house because they have a new baby and then him and the fraternity. But also, they end up getting totally enmeshed in each other's lives. (laughs) Very raunchy, R-rated kind of comedy, but... Efron is a really savvy comedic performer. Mm -hmm. And even here, where he has to be a romantic lead, he has to play a fish out of water. As you said, he's doing his Matthew Perry sort of impersonation. Mm -hmm. He's still really able to balance all of those different needs to make the film a success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a a really strong role for him. So apart from the Matthew Perry-ness of this, um, (laughs) what are some of the things that you ended up enjoying about the film? Uh, I think the film has a huge heart, which was, you know, mm-hmm. typical of these kinds of PG yes. comedies of the period. And and really, like, kind of a gap in the movie landscape these days, I mm-hmm. would say. We have these characters who, like, no one here is bad except Stan. Like, except obviously, Stan, who was Stan... unabashedly, like, so, so, so bad. And what we get to enjoy with the over-the-topness of it all is, like, the scenes where Zac Efron is taking down that character, mm-hmm. which are very, very funny. Like, I think my favorite thing about the film, much like a 13 going on 30, is yes. it's the inverse of that bit, right? Mm-hmm. Where you see, like, the teenager in the adult body, and that's funny. Here mm-hmm. we have the adult brain and the adult critical reasoning skills in the teenager's body. And that mm-hmm. scene in the cafeteria is hilarious because of it. It's all the things you wish you could go back and say to your high school bully, right. but you can't because that's not how time works. But here you get to watch it. It's immensely satisfying. Mm-hmm. I did say some of these things did not age particularly well. Oh, yeah. Like we're... yeah, the gender stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I did kind of like Mike's attempts to get the girls, like the teenage girls that are Maggie's friends, to quote unquote respect themselves by not throwing themselves at bad boys or boys who don't care about them or changing themselves to be more likable to men. You know, that kind of stuff. It is very gender normative, but it also still played reasonably well for me. Yeah, I agree. There's a scene, too, where they're at a party at a bowling alley. I and know. Remember those? <laughs> and uh, and um, Mark Gold is trying to convince the girls not to throw themselves at him. And mm-hmm. he's like, you, you got to respect yourselves or else boys will never respect you. And they're like, we don't care if you respect us. Mm-hmm. It's like, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have Kat Graham, who we talked about previously from our Vampire Diaries episode right. as one of the girls, as well as Taya Sakar and Melissa Ordway. And I do have to say, I'm such a big fan of Taya Sakar as Samantha. She's the one who always kind of gets the last line. Mm. So, you know, the girls line up to slap Mike slash Mark at one point, <laughs> and she slaps him, and then she makes the like, call, call me, me sign, <laughs> and then she walks away. It's such a funny little bit. Um, also, the slapping in this movie is A+. plus. That one oh, scene where he really gets slapped by Thomas Lennon five times yeah. killed me. <laughs> because you do things in threes for comedy. That's yeah. where the funny sweet spot is. And this goes beyond that and then beyond it again to circle back and become funny again. Yeah, I agree. I think in general, the film really trusts these particular actors with their comic beats. Like, mm-hmm. there just seems to be a lot of 
I don't know, it all feels very natural. It doesn't feel yeah. forced, which is, I mean, the whole premise is obviously wildly forced. So but, ridiculous. But the individual comic beats really work. And I I really appreciated that about the film. The jokes themselves, it's one of those films where you can like, you can miss jokes because they are happening quickly. Mm-hmm. But they're all really within the frame of the character. There's no point where I'm like, well, that's not how that character would act. Like, right. I don't know. I just think this movie gets a lot of things right, considering its context. Mm-hmm. I will say you mentioned that there isn't a strong teacher presence like we mm. would normally expect. And that is a little disappointing to me when we have Jim Gaffigan as yeah. the coach and Margaret Cho as Miss Dell. Neither one of these really good comedic actors get a moment to shine. And that was very disappointing to me. Yeah, I actually, I do agree with you. It makes me wonder what's on the cutting room floor, because it's hard not to imagine that either one of those actors wouldn't have had some really killer scenes that we're just not seeing here. Yeah, even, you know, the ad-libbing. I was surprised that the movie doesn't end. You Mm -hmm. know, we're we're closing the film with yearbook photos of the cast and crew back in the day, which is exceedingly fun when you go from Zac Efron, who looks one year younger, to (laughs) Leslie Mann, who is you know, clearly in her mid thirties. So there's an actual difference in the photos. Yeah. But I was really disappointed because this feels to me like a movie where we should have done bloopers and outtakes so we could see people ad-libbing because you know Mm -hmm. it was happening. Yeah, totally. I mean, it must have been. Before we leave this, Joe, because I know, you know, we just not like depth of things to plumb here oh you you don't want to keep going for about an hour an hour more on 17 again (laughs) i do want to talk a little bit about matthew perry's performance here he's not in the film a lot but this is a really distasteful character actually like Mm -hmm. mike o'donnell's a dick basically the premise is that uh, mike o'donnell got scarlet pregnant in high school and he gives up 17 yeah and he gives up this like championship basketball game where he probably would have gotten a scholarship Mm -hmm. to obviously marry her they have two kids and the thing is that like what i actually really like about the framing of the film is uh, he's gone on to resent her every day of his life since, right? Yeah, like, he fully admits it's not yeah. even, you know, over time after 10 years after two kids or anything. It's basically the minute after he leaves the game and goes and runs to her, he hates her yeah. for 20 yeah. years. There's <laughs> like, there's not a happily ever after here. Everybody's just horrible. And I find that I like that. Like, that's a frame that we don't normally see, right? Mm-hmm. What I think is nice about the Matthew Perry performance here is, I mean, obviously... I'm not like breaking new critical ground to say that he's a likable dude. Right. But he does obviously over the course of the film have to, without even being on screen, mm-hmm. grow into realizing the mistakes that he's made. Right? right. And obviously he has Zac Efron as his partner in that discovery journey. But I was really surprised by how this character is both on the cuff, on the surface, distasteful. Like mm-hmm. at no point does the film try to hide at any any of that any of who he was and simultaneously charming and funny and like you know when you see him with his kids who don't want anything to do with him you feel for him because you're like oh man your kids hate you but yet you realize i don't know there's a lot of kind of like nuance to what is obviously a very pat role Mm -hmm. um and i enjoy the whole time he's on the screen and it made me miss him yeah the dates like a hundred percent don't line up though Because Mm. he's 37. We're told he's 37. Yep. He's obviously going back 20 years to age 17. Mm -hmm. But the daughter who ostensibly they had in high school is 
yeah. in her last year of high school. Like she we've lost some time. She should be in her second or third year of college or university. Yeah, we've lost we've we've lost some time there. We but other than that, <laughs> it was a long gestation. It was more of like a like a hippo or some animal that you know <laughs> keeps the baby in utero for like two or three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, do you want to play some YA bingo? I absolutely do. All right, bingo. Not a good bingo. So the first one I'm going to give it to is montage. This film could not exist without the concept of montage. Oh my gosh. We have so many montages and I enjoyed all of them. Um, <laughs> and I'm also going to give it to musicality because this soundtrack took me right back to 2009 in all the best ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got some magic supernatural because, of course, we're doing the It's a Wonderful Life wish upon a person falling off a bridge into a whirlpool action. (laughs) Yeah, it all works out. It's all fine. Um, I do want to give some house porn to uh, actually not Thomas Lennon's house, although Mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of fancy things in the house. But I really, really love the backyard that she builds and also just the house in general. It's one of those Mm -hmm. houses that's like this... This is this is a high school, like barely finished high school. This is the house he has. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, the minute that she reveals that backyard, I turned to Brian and said, that is a professional landscaping gig. So I was really appreciative of the fact that we acknowledge that Scarlett is looking to get back into this business. It's not like, oh, I just did this with my own two hands on the weekends and evenings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Okay, I have borrowed time because, of course, you know that we need to switch the bodies back at a certain Mm -hmm. point, although it doesn't have the ticking clock that we often do see like, oh, you've got to do it before X date or else it becomes permanent. And this is another thing that the film doesn't handle super well, which is the notion of the uh, divorce. Like the Mm -hmm. divorce should be that ticking clock because he's supposed to be in court. But apparently this judge just gives infinite freebies. (laughs) Uh huh. I love the fact that, yeah, you can have a full courtroom. It's not a divorce courtroom that's the size of my bedroom. It looks like you could fit 300 people in here to watch, what, a celebrity divorce? And yeah, uh, Scarlett at one point after, you know, Zac Efron reads this really great letter that he makes up on the spot as scarlet realizes oh i guess that is my ex-husband she just says uh can we can we just pause can we just put a i'm like no no you would not not get this (laughs) you would be paying huge fees for this as well you'd be losing that backyard sweetheart (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're gonna take your house to cover the cost of this i do love that the that the judge is bored and just says yes next case (laughs) (laughs) so good um, I am going to say abuse for the way that Stan treats Maggie. This oh God, isn't yeah. your garden variety abusive relationship. Like, you know, you mentioned that Mike that we see and what we learn of him in his marriage to Scarlett is he's a bad dude. And I feel like Stan is meant oh, to be the contemporary yeah. model for what will happen to Maggie if she doesn't go to college and moves in with him. But he is an ogre. He is an ogre. He's sort of like, I mean, there's the very much a sense of like, Mike sees himself in Stan mm-hmm. and like suddenly realizes what it was like to be like, not the Stan of the high school and, and uh-huh. what he like did to other people. So like, I get that's the part of his character, but he's worse. He's so, mm-hmm. Stan is so, so much worse. He's terrible. He's terrible. But uh as a result, I'm going to give a hollow romance. Basically, all the romance that doesn't involve Mike and Scarlett in this yeah. movie is hollow. 
But I do want to give it good friendships for Ned and Mike's relationship, because as much as I found Lennon's performance frequently grating, there's a clear genuine affection between the two of them that Mm -hmm. I I kept waiting for it to go sour, where that was going to be part of the conflict. You know, Ned would realize that Mike has been using him all these years, and it never happens. And I was really appreciative of that. Yeah, I agree, too. Okay. I think the only other one I have is the chosen one because <laughs> yeah. that's what Mike is or else he doesn't get this redo. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I guess we have CanCon talent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I was actually going to say Matthew Perry is my stunt casting, but oh, he's we can also too. do CanCon. Why not both, Joe? Why not Canadians both? can be stunt casting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had Forever Young as well because he gets to be 17 for, for an extended young. period of time a second Absolutely. time. And maybe sexual awakening? I don't know. Uh, yes, unfortunately. Like, there are a few <laughs> scenes that are a little bit uncomfortable from that perspective, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's a healthy smattering, but, but no, no line. line. No. All right, Joe. Well, I really enjoyed that, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I made you watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, next week, we are doing another uh, Brenna favorite text, actually, as we look towards Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe and yes. the adaptation from 2022. So that is where we are heading next. If you want to write in about this or anything else you've heard on the show, you can find us on the socials at HKHSPod or on the hashtag HKHSPod. Joe, where do they find you? I can be reached at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray, and that's Gray with an A. And um, if you want to send us anything long form, it's hkhspod at gmail.com. Joe? Mm-hmm. I would literally not be 17 again for a million dollars. Absolutely not. If Mm-mm. you wanted to make me any age in my 30s again, I might take you up on it. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my late 30s were great, but I'm absolutely not interested in like high school. high school? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. (laughs) So until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. He sleeps in a pod racer. He speaks. Oh, my God. Why do I keep forgetting it? It's just on the tip of my tongue. But I do think we have a really good friendship between Tom Lennon and, uh, you know, the Matthew Perry character. Yeah. Why can't I remember anybody's names? One moment.